0: Welcome to the Mailbag Podcast here on hawkfanatic.com. I am your host, Rob Howe. We are recording this on Tuesday, September the 14th at a little after 9 a.m. Central Time, uh, post Hawk game, uh, one that went very well for the Iowa Hawkeyes. uh, As I wrote on Saturday, I was wrong on this one. Uh, I thought this was Iowa State's year. Uh, I bought into... Uh, it being their best team ever, uh, and Iowa went out there and really just physically um, dominated the Cyclones. So it was good to see for Iowa. Now Iowa is up to number five in the country per the AP, number seven in the coaches' poll. Um, So uh, also, as I wrote, Iowa – which was ranked below the two teams it played in the first two weeks, Indiana and Iowa state um, now will be ranked ahead of the rest of the teams on their schedule. If, if, uh, if the Hawkeyes continue to win and uh, they should the next two weeks, Kent state this week, uh, Iowa is over a three touchdown favorite uh, Colorado state, uh, I believe is Owen two uh, comes in next week. Um, Iowa should be four 0 heading into the Friday night game at Maryland. And we'll talk more about that one down the road. Um, that is a trap game with, uh, Penn state being the next week. Uh, that one is the one to keep an eye on, but again, we'll talk more about that. Um, as we get closer to it, um, the next few weeks and I'll start to answer your questions here, uh, in a couple minutes. Um, but, um, the next few weeks should be, you know, kind of looking at what Iowa needs to do offensively. And, and you guys have a bunch of offensive questions because obviously there really is no question about Iowa's defense and special teams at this point. One of the best return men in Charlie Jones, uh, one of the best punters in Tory Taylor. Uh, a good kicker in Caleb Shudak. Uh, Iowa, good coverage teams. Iowa's really good on special teams. And that's a phase I think that's going under the radar right now. Uh, that combined with how good the defense is really allows the offense to be, you know, average at best the first two weeks and Iowa, win and be the only team, the only program with a pair of wins against top 25s so far top 25 teams so far this season. So, um, yeah, you have to kind of keep it in perspective, and I'll ask, answer some of the questions about offense here uh, in the questions you guys have asked. But I'm of the belief that uh, I think people will be feeling much better about the offense after the next two weeks, particularly this week. Kent State's defense is really bad. I think they're allowing, you know, roughly four – 400 yards, uh, four 425-something. It's a lot of yards, a lot of points, allowed 41 to Texas a and That game was 10-3 at halftime down at College uh, Station. So that's uh, something to keep an eye on and something we'll talk more about this week in a podcast I do with Scott Dockterman on Thursday here on the Hawk Fanatic feed. Uh, we may do that on Friday this week. I have a procedure on Thursday. Uh, a colonoscopy I won't go into any further details on that I am sure you all winced uh hearing that uh, but I'm a little distracted this week um going into that it's my second one so I kind of know what to what to do uh and what what I'm in for but uh it's unpleasant but necessary uh if you're so uh uh Someone over 50, I don't know, male or female, it's probably good to, uh, to have that checked out. Um, and we'll leave it at that and move on here and talk some more Hawkeyes. I'm going to take a sip of coffee here real quick. Pete Van Elswick at Kinnick Pete asks, how are you, Pete? Good to hear from you. Uh, Pete has worked over at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, for as long as I can remember, I came here in 97 and I don't really remember a time where I did not see Pete around. So uh, he's an old timer like myself. Um, and Pete asked, What to make of Coach Campbell complimenting Petrus post game? Something to the effect of I know a lot of you think he had a bad game, struggled out there today, but he's a good player. Petrus is a good quarterback. I did not hear this, Pete. Um, and Um, I did read your question last night and did not have time to go search out the context or just kind of what, how that quote came about. Um, I guess on the surface, I would just say, you know, Matt Campbell's a, he's a easy guy to respect. I think he, you know, Saturday after the game, he took the blame, uh, time and time again for how his team performed. Um. Now, he knows, and we all know, that he is not completely to blame for what happened to the Cyclones on Saturday. The players did not execute, um, but maybe the game plan wasn't the right game plan, as he said. Um, and even so, the players still could have executed the game plan that was in and performed better. Um, a veteran team like that, it knows what's, what to do. Uh, to win big games. It's done that before. So um, I really just think, I mean, again, on the surface without any context and listening to the quote, you know, and and if it was asked um, what was asked of him, um, but uh, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think if you ask Kirk Ferentz or Brian Ferentz, they're okay with how and Phil Parker for that matter, okay with how Petrus performed last week against Iowa State. It was 106 yards, uh, but he made – I mean, the throw to Charlie Jones was a great throw, Uh, great catch by Charlie Jones as well, but the ball was in a spot where Jones could catch it and the defender could not um, unless he made a really incredible play. I was shooting photos on that end of the field and uh, really had a good view of it coming in and was impressed with the throw. Petras hasn't turned the ball over so far, you know, through two games. And, again, somebody will – somebody asks about this later about complimentary football, um, but Iowa knows what it needs to do to win. It knows who it is. It knows what the path is. You talk about game plans. It knows the path to victory, whether or not it can execute that or whether the other team has an answer – for what I was trying to do. Those are different things, but um, Petrus knew he had to take care of the football, uh, even when he got sacked. um, You know, he didn't try to escape the sacks very much. He pretty much just covered up and made sure he didn't fumble the ball. It was all calculated. It was all, um, you know, coached and part of the game plan. Do not turn the ball over. And uh, it worked out. Iowa flipped the field. Great, you know, Tory Taylor, Big Ten co-special teams player of the week, helped Iowa. If you go look at the the field position numbers, it's night and day between Iowa and Iowa State, and that was a big deal. Uh, and eventually, Iowa was able to break through. Got up fourteen to three, I believe, and uh, Iowa State got it to fourteen to ten at halftime. But he just felt like after maybe. Midway through the first quarter, Iowa really was playing better football and was the better team, and uh, that's kind of how I saw it. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you kind of know how it ended up, so maybe that influences how I view it. But um, to answer your question, Pete, I just think it's Campbell just saying recognizing what the Iowa coaching staff was asking of Petrus and um, complimenting it complimenting him on that um you know that it wasn't northwestern last year where he threw three picks and iowa ends up losing that game um even with a really good defense it was taking care of the football making plays that were there um and he's had drops too i i I don't want to go too far down the petrus road road here because i know everybody has their own opinion of the quarterback but uh Uh, That's kind of where I'm coming from that on Pete. I I think that uh, I think Campbell kind of saw what was being asked of Petrus. Petrus was able to take care of it and uh, do what he was do. was asked of him. um, And that's what, what uh, Campbell saw. Thank you for the question, Pete. Maybe probably maybe see you Saturday at Kinnick or maybe not. Uh, Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers. Iowa's running complementary football to perfection. Is this some new offensive scheme designed to fully support the defense and special teams? Was BF more awed by our elite back seven or more terrified by our offensive line? A lot of questions about the, or a lot of comments and questions about the play of the offensive line so far. Uh, I will say, Sorry about that. I was hearing my family in the other room. I apologize. Um, So um, we talked about the complimentary football. Um, I don't think it's a new offensive scheme. I think Iowa knew it had some deficiencies on offense, Uh, young offensive line, inexperienced offensive line. You lose Kyler shot your second most experienced offensive lineman behind center, Tyler Linderbaum got two new starting tackles, uh, you're rotating guys in uh, at different positions, you're trying to find some stability, but tr- against two really good defenses, I mean, you you play the percentages, right? You don't do things, you know, if you're a really good, um, you know, defensive team with good special teams, why not? highlight that why not put emphasis on that why not you know rely on that? and that's what iowa did in the first two weeks it didn't take chances offensively knowing that there was a higher um uh likelihood that there would be mistakes you've got an inexperienced offensive line um relatively inexperienced receivers overall um I know Tracy and uh, Regani have had plenty of snaps and Charlie Jones to some degree, but you know, you lost your two starting receivers who were really good in blocking too, particularly Brandon Smith. Um, You've got a new second tight end in Luke Lachey. Um, You know, you're trying to do what you can to not make mistakes and not screw it up offensively and get better offensively as the season goes on. And hopefully the offense somewhat – it's never going to catch up to the defense and special teams, but at least it gets to the point where it can be more dangerous and you can rely on it more and you're more um, – it's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you're, you have more confidence that it will be able to make plays in crunch time. And truth be told, we're going to maybe have a few games where Iowa's defense isn't as stout or the team it plays – you know, make some plays, um, just beats better defense. It it can happen. We see it happen all the time in football. Um, And if those times come up and you need to play offensively, um, hopefully your offense evolves, develops, uh, progresses to the point where it can do that. But you have to know who you are, know where you are in a season, know what your strengths are as a team at a given time, and develop your game plan around that. So that's kind of where I'm at with that Drake and we have a couple variations of this question that uh, I'll probably end up being repetitive here but that's kind of the way I view Iowa through two weeks. You've got a a very uh, a dominant defense, a dominant special teams units as well and a developing offense. And who knows how it's going to develop. Maybe by middle of the season you know it's good enough that um, you could take some chances and and then your defense can, um, you know, make up for maybe if there are mistakes made by the offense. If, you know, something you believe in uh, and have confidence in working doesn't work, you still have the defense to back that up. But there's just – there was no need to take those chances these first two weeks with how well the defense was playing. So – that's kind of where I am. I think they are playing very good complementary football, um, and we'll see where it goes. What a team looks like in week one and week two is it often isn't what it looks like in week eight or week ten. So let's just kind of see where this thing goes. I mean, Iowa has um, talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think some of these young offensive linemen are going to be really good, um, but just give them some time. And, again, they play two really good defenses. Great defenses, probably not. Uh, but Iowa State's defense is really good, and Indiana's defense is pretty good too. Um, both of their offenses put their those defenses in bad spots, but overall, those defenses play pretty well. So, kind of my view of it. Thank you for the call, Drake uh, Tyler Anderson at Ty Anderson twenty one asks: Over the next two games, with the off, will the offense squash all the talk that they're going to be the demise of this team? Do you think Brian Ferentz is opens it up again, that kind of uh, to piggyback off of Drake's question and how I answered that tie. Um, I would say I, people will feel better about Iowa's offense after this week uh, and the next two weeks. But I still, I still think until, and this may not, may not happen and may not need to happen, but until Spencer Peterson, the offense is um, credited with winning a football game, um, this season, there's go- there are going to be questions. It's just human nature of a football fan to question the quarterback. Um, and really, the quarterback ha- is, even when the quarterback plays well, and this is a kid that's won eight games in a row uh, in Spencer Petras, um you're under the microscope here as much as anywhere um, in college football because no pro sports – uh, Iowa football is such a big deal. Uh, it's the most pressurized uh, position, athletic position in the state. The quarterback at Iowa, and I, and to Iowa State to a certain degree too. Um, but really, at Iowa, there are more Iowa fans than Iowa State fans. So um, that's where I would put that. But I think Iowa will run the ball better this week. That will open up some things in the passing game, uh, similar to next week. Colorado State's defense is a little bit better than. Uh, Kent State's defense, Kent State's better offensively, um, but I think Iowa's going to run up a lot of points this week and probably next as well. We'll see some younger guys. Um, sorry, I need a sip of coffee. Um, we'll see some younger guys get some chances as well, um, but I think people will feel better about the offense after the next two weeks but I don't think people will stop questioning Spencer Petras. I think it's be, it's become part of the fabric of this, of the fan base right now for better or worse. Like we talked about earlier with the complimentary football. I don't think people understand that as well. Some people don't understand that as well as others. Um, and that's just kind of, unless the quarterback's throwing four touchdowns a game, they want to change. Um, so there are different, you know, segments of the fan base that that view this thing differently um, through their eyes. So it's kind of where it is there. Um, I don't know about Brian Ferentz opening it up. I don't think he'll have to open it up a ton. And also, if I was winning, you don't want to open up your playbook to give other teams in the Big Ten um, opportunities to scout certain plays or formations you could use against them down the road. Um, I think Iowa is going to work on itself a lot the next couple weeks, um, and then see where it goes from there. But uh, appreciate that question. Those are heavy on the offense from Drake and Ty. Uh, their questions, and I'm sure there'll be more here. Wombat forty-two at Wombat had forty-two on Twitter. Is the offense's lack of yardage due? to a bad offense or due to playing conservative when we have the lead. Personally, I feel it's 70-30 conservative to bad offense. As ISU has a very good D, and in Indy, we're up 14 Other and KF usually parks the bus, so we don't need too much. Yeah, I kind of touched on that the last two questions, Wombat. I agree. I mean, there's you just don't need to – you play the percentages. You don't need uh, to take – unnecessary chances when you have a defense and special teams that can help when you have two of the phases that are dominating. Um, I don't know is you need to um, take chances offensively. And it's turned out, it turns out they did it. Um, and they played, you know, up 14, 0 and up 14, uh, three in the first half of these games, you do what you can to make sure you take care of the football, play clean football. And I was done that. Uh, offensively, they've played clean football, um, not only not turning the ball over a lot, but from a penalty standpoint. So I think Iowa's fifth in the nation in turnover margin. Uh, you're going to win a lot of football games that way. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, and, and this is, I think, just human nature as well. We want answers now on how good this offense is going to be, and it's just too early to tell with, you know, with the, with the, some of the players, particularly on the offensive line, um, who are still just getting their feet wet. So let's see. Let's see if they get better. Hopefully they're watching film. I'm sure they are. I know they are. Uh, and trying to work on uh, areas that need to be worked on and got get better as the season goes on, because there are going to be tough games down the road. Uh, there are teams on their schedule now that may not look as tough, that may get Better as the season goes on, so it's kind of just a process. And I think we want answers early in the season as to how a team's going to be and and what it's going to be. And it, it's it's an evolution that goes on throughout the season. Hope your defense continues to be as dominant as it is, but there's a chance it's not going to be as dominant week in and week out. There's, like I said, there's a chance that other offenses are going to make plays even against good defense. So. Let's just see how it goes. Um, and then wombat adds, that being said, I think changes to the old line need to be made and receivers need to start getting separation. Um, yeah, this receiver separation thing is hard really to gauge. Um, there are times where the separation is there and the throws not there. There are times when there isn't separation uh, to make a throw. Um, I don't think you can say, I, at least for me, from what I've seen through two games, that s- receivers aren't getting separation uh, at all because I think they are. Um, and and offensive line wise, again, they're trying to find their best five, they're trying to work through this during the season, um, you know, and and trying to figure out what the best five are so. I don't know if you necessarily need to make changes on the offensive line. I think Kyler's shot coming back will certainly help, Um, but I think there's depth there. And I don't, I think, you know, it's the age old. Teams are going to load the box until Iowa can stretch the field. And we haven't seen that yet. Um, And that's why it's hard to block up the running game when you have really good defenses, really good linebackers. Um, you know, Mike Rose is a really good linebacker. Uh, the kid from Indiana is a really good linebacker. Team, you know, Indiana has a really good secondary. Those are good defenses. I'm just, I'm not ready to just bury this offense yet. Not that you guys are, uh, but I'm not ready to make changes. I want, you know, if you go through this week and next week and there are still major concerns, then maybe you need to make changes. But I think these next two games, or your opportunity to kind of work on some things and finding it, find out who your best players are. It's kind of how I look at it. Drake Timbers, Goodson's offensive line is bad. Um, Drake asked a question earlier. Goodson's O-line reminds me of Wadley's O-line and Iowa running back in center, reaching their breakout. year are only to be tripped up by an inexperienced O-line with walk-on tackles, an inferior, and an injured interior. is shot, our best shot. Um, he's, like I said, I think he's going to help. Uh, Mason Richmond isn't a walk-on. Uh, uh, Nick DeYoung is. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I've just seen too many good uh, walk-ons play well. Um, I think Matt Tobin was a walk-on, wasn't he? And then he ended up had a, had a long NFL career. Um, Boone Myers was a good walk-on. Um, Ike Becker was a, came in as a tight end uh, and is playing in the NFL now. So I don't really try to pigeonhole guys based on um, walk-ons. I just think it's going to be, like I said, uh, I could, I, I'm not ready to make any declarations on this offense or this offensive line yet. I think we have to see how this kind of plays out. Um, we'll see what it looks like with shot in there. Um, obviously, Maybe that helps you kick Cody Ince out to one of the tackle spots. Um, I think Cody Ince is a really good offensive lineman who can play inside and out. Let's see how they put this puzzle together when shot comes back. Um, because I think, uh, I think the I think the pieces are there. It's just putting them together the right way and then getting some chemistry and continuity. Uh, and that could take some time. And uh, they're 2-0 and in the fifth ranked team in the country um, with these concerns on offense. So um, that's a good problem to have. We'll kind of see where things go from here. Uh, Wombat had answered Timber's question about shot coming back. And he says, I think putting Plum in at right tackle and getting shot back might be enough. Plum struggled when he was in, but is a better play- better playing right tackle. Richmond has the athleticism, which can help. The young doesn't. Alternatively, move into out when shot is back and or Colby at tackle might help. Yeah. And I think they're like, we're kind of all kind of talking about the same thing here. It's just basically finding the best pieces and putting them together. And I think, uh, I think they'll have an opportunity to do that over the next couple of weeks. Once every once shots back healthy and just kind of figure out from there. Um, And Kevin Melker, Melker, I think that's how you pronounce it. At K Melker, Melker ninety one asks when Shot moves in at guard, who ends up playing tackle? I just think you have you have Britt and Colby, um, and Ince at guard right now. Shot gives you those four, but I think Ince you can move out to tackle. Um, I think you could have Ince at right tackle, Richmond at left tackle. Britt and Colby still alternating at left tackle shot at right tackle. Um, and obviously, you know, we need to talk about the center. Um, but uh, it's a mat. it's a matter of working those other pieces around and figuring out what is the best. I still think we're going to see rotations for a while and keep guys fresh. Does that mess with continuity and chemistry? Probably. Um, I think, but also, you um, Fatigue factors in as well. If you've got guys that are fresh, maybe they can do a little bit more uh, than guys are that are worn down. Particularly these first two, weeks when it was very hot. So, um, and then Mel David at Mel David Three asked, "What the hell is wrong with the offensive line? They can't protect the quarterback. They can't open a hole for the running back." This is a number five team in the nation. I don't see it. Wait a few weeks and we'll see how good they really are. Well, in a few weeks, Mel, they're going to be four and zero going to Maryland. So. Um, I don't think there's anything to, to get overly concerned about these next two weeks. So I was likely going to be in that top five, uh, at least going to Maryland. Um, and then if they win at Maryland and then beat Penn state here and get to six and zero, who knows um, they may slide up even higher, depending on what happens with Oregon uh, and some of the other teams ahead of them. So, but um, again, a lot of talk about the offensive line here. and We've gone over it a lot. I think we just have to kind of wait and see how this evolves and develops. Uh, I don't think there are easy answers. I think you just have to let it play out and what the coaches are seeing in practice, uh, what looks the best. Maybe you practice, and I doesn't do a ton of going full, uh, you know, and wear these guys down too much during the during the season. Uh, but maybe you go hard. Uh, maybe you go hard one ones against ones. And, you know, start making the offensive, you know, uh, tracking which offensive lineup groups look the best. Um, but again, I, I think it's more than just the offensive line. I think you have to make defenses respect your throwing the ball down the field. And Iowa still has not done that. Uh, the Charlie Jones pass was, was um, I think, one that helps do that. But I think you need to be able to do that more, take more shots down the field, connect on more of those shots down the field, and loosen defenses up. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm loading up to take Goodson away. I'm not letting him beat me. He's a first-team All-Big Ten running back. Why would you not load the box up and take him away and make Spencer Petras beat you down the field? It just makes sense. Um, And right now, as uh, I think – who was it? Yeah, Wombat said the receivers need to be get con- more consistent separation, especially down the field, run clean routes, do things to get yourself open. Um, and that's part of it. And that's part of opening up this offense a little bit. As opposed to just letting teams load the box and teams are going to continue to do that until you can beat them deep, uh, consistent, not just a shot here or there. So um, that's part of it. And. Um, You say, well, you run the ball and you open things in the passing game. Well, in this, in Iowa's case, you need to throw the ball down the field to open up the running. That's really – it's as simple as that. Again, you haven't – there hasn't been a need to do that so far because the defense has been so dominant and the special teams have been so dominant that you don't need to take those chances. So it all – we talk about complementary football. This all works in connection with each other. Um, All of the three phases work in connection with each other. You can't just say, you know, Iowa could just start taking chances, chucking the ball down the field, throwing it 50 times a game, opening things wide up, and then put your defense in a position where even, you know, what we saw on Saturday, Iowa State's defense is really good. Its offense killed it. Iowa's offense did not kill its defense. That was the difference on Saturday. If you look at it that way, that's what the Iowa coaches are thinking. That's the approach. That's the game plan. Again, you're going to need your offense to at least help out more going forward. Others' teams' offenses are going to make plays even against good defenses. As the season goes on, the offense will need to make more plays. But right now, it's done what it's needed to do. And then you can continue to work on it knowing – how good your defense is and then coming up with a game plan week to week, and then maybe having to adjust during the week and adjust during a game. uh, When you need to take a little bit more chances, we don't know. Maybe Iowa does have that ability to chuck the ball down the field. So we'll kind of see from there. Uh, Let's see. Uh, One more question from sit down at love the Hawks uh, with his David Hasselhoff Baywatch avatar. Can you name a weak link on the Iowa defense? Which quarterback helped Iowa win more, Purdy or Petrus? <laughs> it goes into what we've just talked about. Sit down again. Um, Iowa's defense getting what it did out of Purdy and then Petris not doing what Purdy did against Iowa State's defense, all kind of intertwines. And that's why Iowa won the game. It's just... Football's more—I don't want to say more complicated—but you kind of have to analyze it a little bit differently than just separating the three phases. It's easier to analyze the three phases together and how they complement each other. And I've learned that over time. I didn't know that when I was younger, but I've learned over time that that's kind of how you win football games, and it's certainly how this Iowa coaching staff believes you can win football games. And in turn, how the players believe they go in football. And if you're doing what you need to do, following the game plan and executing, that's how you win games and how to end up the number five team in the country. So, um, weak link on the Iowa defense. I'm still not sure at defensive tackle. It's still, they haven't really needed to do a ton there yet, but they've done what they've needed to do uh, against Greece Hall uh, and. Uh, Stephen Carr from Indiana and two quarterbacks that run pretty well. Um, but I don't have any concerns about the secondary or linebackers. I think those guys are all stars. So um, pressuring the quarterback a little bit more um, defensive line. If I had, and I don't, wouldn't call it a weak link. I just think in relation to how good the linebackers and secondary are, you just wonder how good um, that defensive line can be. It's doing what it needs to do. Again, Complementary football, making sure you're not uh, making sure you're leveraging the football, making sure you're not giving the edge, um, doing things you need to contain. Defensive line is really containing right now, also making plays when it needs to. I think Noah Shannon has really been good at defensive tackle. Uh, I think the defensive end rotation has been good. Uh, Van Valkenberg's really good. Um, and uh, Joe Evans has done well, you know, as a pass rusher. Uh, he's more of a third, you know, he can play more early downs now as well. So uh, I think the offensive, the defensive line is coming along like the offensive line, but the linebackers and secondary are, are good enough that you really, you're not looking at it as you like, you're looking at the offensive line. The defensive line is being being allowed to develop because the the secondary and linebackers are so good you don't notice that development. Where the other way, um, you know, Iowa's um, I guess wonkiness on offense, for lack of a better term, makes you focus more on the offensive line. And uh, everybody loves offense. Everybody wants high flying offense and winning football. But you have to figure out what your offense is where it's going and um, what it needs to do to help your, help you win football games and complementing your defense and your special teams. So be interesting to see where this thing goes the next few weeks and uh, get an idea of, you know, what type of development we can see from the offense in the next few weeks going into that Maryland game, getting back into big 10 play. Uh, But I'm not overly concerned right now. I know a lot of people are. Um, I think, the offense um, has the potential to be um, potent enough to complement the defense and special teams even further. And uh, I think we see that as the season goes on. And uh, I'm not saying Iowa's going to win all of its games. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying this is a run to the college football playoff. Uh, But I think the offense will be better. Uh, And can be relied upon more as the season goes on and it develops. So that's where I where I'm at on that. I appreciate everybody asking questions. Uh, I got to run here so I can get over and interview players uh, this morning, and um, you know, I've got some other things going on. And then I got to start my uh, colonoscopy prep. I know you're wincing again, but uh, hopefully I'll be in a better spirits next week. And hopefully I didn't sound too uh, off today. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate everybody's questions. Uh, I think we'll be back with a mailbag next week. It may be a um, substance before style. I haven't really decided yet, but uh, this is three weeks in a row for the mail, mailbag during the season. And I think that fits in pretty well during the season, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I play everything day to day. I'm always day to day, but thank you everybody for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to the, Mailbag Podcast here at hawkfanatic.com.